Hello, good evening, and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 160. With me tonight, I have James. James, how are we? It's been a while, but how are we? Okay, thank you. Did you enjoy your holiday last week? Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you. You sent us some nice photos from uh, a stadium which is now in the non-league. Yeah, it is now. Yeah, it is now. Illustrious history, though. It is a history. It's a stadium I last went to in two thousand nine. But you were at Wrexham. That they've got a documentary out at the moment. I think it's on Amazon or Disney Plus about what has happened behind the scenes at the club. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about yesterday's debacle at the Stadio Olimpico, which was Roma 1, Betis 2. Uh, Paolo Dybala opened the scoring with a penalty kick. Guido Rodriguez scored a wonderfully go- wonderful goal, but there is some areas of improvement on what we can talk about later. And the Brazilian winger who came on for Nabil Fekir, Luis Henrique, scored the winner with a couple of minutes remaining, getting ahead of Leonardo Spinazzola. James, it's very up and down Roma's form at the moment, but it was some very worrying scenes on the pitch yesterday and what was going on. What were your overall thoughts on the game yesterday? Yeah, I think there are themes now you, we can say, like, for example, um, definitely conceding too many goals from shots on the edge of the penalty area. Um, yesterday in particular, far too slow to... Um, get into position to try and block the the shot you know had far too much time and space in that position uh for the first uh, for the equalizer sorry and then um and the lack of attacking tactics i think is the biggest problem for me i mean uh we we're forced when we're pressed high we're forced to make lots of long passes forward which the attackers then have to win possession you know fight for the ball and then if they win it, control it, and then do something with it themselves or lay it off. And often, because Cristante and um, Matic have been more or less the constant midfielders used, uh, you know, are playing fairly deep, it means that often the likes of Abraham and um, Dybala are, you know, picking up possession in the midfield area, giving them a long way to get to the goal. So um, it's making life very difficult. And of course, it's reflected in the difficulty we have scoring. I mean, really, I know there were a couple of uh, excellent saves, one in the first half from Dabala by uh, Claudio Bravo. Was it Claudio Bravo? I think the goalkeeper. It is, yeah. He's 39. Veteran goalkeeper. Yeah, veteran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. X-Man City and Barcelona. That's right. Yes. He's, I think he's yeah. Chilean or is he Colombian? It's one of the two. He's um, Chilean, actually. Chilean, yes, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, uh, sh- you know, although it was straight at him, the shot from Tris- Cristante in the second half, you know, he still made a good reaction save. But... Didn't didn't really have much to do, and uh, of course we did hit the crossbar. Although I think that was um, might have been disallowed for offside, but they hit the post, of course. He did back yeah. here before he uh, was injured. So um, uh, yeah, like the 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 real difficulty in uh, and like surrendering possession as well. I think is a big concern. Like giving them so much possession, I think it's an exhausting. I remember mentioning this last season. I think it's really exhausting, and and I and I wasn't surprised that at the end we like ran out of steam and conceded that late goal because if you think of Spinazzola, concentration, who of course played virtually the whole game because of the injury to uh, 
Celic that looks quite serious, actually, after the news today. Yeah, three, but, um, three to four weeks. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, sorry. Oh, I read two months, actually. Ah, uh, okay. But I, I, I think he'll be back in January, basically. So, um, uh, but, um, you know, losing concentration, you know, you could see he was clearly lost, misread the trajectory of the ball because thinking it would go over the pair of them and he could then launch an attack. He's already moving into position without realising that the ball then is going in the other direction. And um, I think being hypercritical really to criticise Rui Patricio for that because it was a terrific header and well-directed and uh, quite surprising actually. I think it caught, you know, uh, most people by surprise. So, um, but yeah, so overall um, confirms most of the, problems that we have um not a very creative you know to put it mildly really midfield virtually no seemingly no coherent uh attacking tactic very much reliant on the uh initiative and uh play of individuals and um and, and how they combine and um yeah, uh, and 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 all this leading to you know a fourth defeat in eleven games. Mm. That's a thirty six percent loss rate. Um, yeah, I think it suggests that um, you know probably now by now what we've played eleven games. I mean we we've, we've got a fair idea, I think, of what sort of season we're in for, and it's probably going to be a very difficult one. You know. Do you see this team being very up and down with the performances that we've had this season? So you've had lost to Udinese, lost to Atalanta, but win away at Inter, and then you lose your two out of three Europa League games away at Ludogorets and then Betis. Could you just foresee that as becoming the norm now with us this season? Yeah, I think so. I think that sort of thing, the old good result and then other results and disappoint performances in particular, being sort of underwhelming. I mean, even the winner Inter, you know, great goal by Dybala from a great cross. And, um, but uh, I think um, I I wouldn't say, you know, you could argue that maybe uh, a draw would have been, uh, you know, I don't think it was an outstanding performance particularly. And Inter, of course, have been in some difficulty, even on, you know, I think they were quite fortunate to beat Barcelona the other evening. Bit of a dodgy non-penalty yeah. decision. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but I actually thought our penalty kick last night was quite generous, really, because, I mean, I don't see how the player can really avoid that. But um, Yeah, it's close range. It's like it's not like he's yeah. 10 yards away, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, so I, I think all these issues, uh, you know... We, and if you start changing, if you want to make quite significant changes now, I always think, where does that leave all the work that was done in the summer? Mm. Does that then get put to one side and you have to start more or less from scratch again? Obviously, this season's going to be a particular season because you effectively have two pre-seasons. We will have November, you know, the last week in November, December, and so seven weeks effectively after the one we had in july Mm -hmm. and august so um because of the world cup so uh, i i I just um yeah 
quite uh, negative feelings about it, really. No, that's okay. That's, that's it's understandable. Um, I will ask a couple. I've got a couple more questions about yesterday, and then we could bring up what we were talking about pre-pod about the salaries and what was what was tweeted out today from our account and it's a bit worrying as well. Um, Nicolo Zaniolo, what has sort of happened to him after the, the start of the season that he had? He started the season well. It was a bit petulant yesterday. He's haven't not had the great run of form recently. Do you think, what were your thoughts on him yesterday? Especially with the red card in added time for a little bit of a stupid kick out on, I think it was Petzella, the former Fiorentina captain. Yes. It was, yeah. Yeah, I think he's um, uh, probably very frustrated because I think, like most of our attackers, he's not, you know, he's picking the ball up relatively deep and having to dribble quite a way forward to get to the penalty area. It's difficult. Um, and I, th- I think, I tend to think, the task of all the attackers, I mean, we could talk about Tammy Abraham, couldn't we? People were saying, you know, he looks a shadow of the player of last season, but, you know, he's, he's operating in a dysfunctional team, effectively. I think it's very difficult for anyone in that position. You know, fortunately, we have Dabala, who's able to do some extraordinary individual things, you know, thinking about the goal uh, um, um, Saturday and the shot last night that was brilliantly saved. Um, but other, you know, it's, I think it's just, I think they're victims of playing in a dysfunctional team. Probably a dysfunctional system. That brings me pretty much onto my next point. And there's been plenty of threads on this on social media. Me and Imran have been talking about this quite a lot recently when I think you've been on as well about this, uh, this in the system that Roma play at the moment, you the midfield is very, very slow and immobile. Um, you can't go two versus three in some games, and that has happened quite a lot in in this season and last season as well when Jose changed the system. Roma struggled in the midfield yesterday against a very technically gifted team. Uh, you had um, Andreas Guardado, um, Guido Rodriguez, Sergio Canales. Canales switched like three positions. Fekir, when he when he was started before he got injured, played really, really well. Roma mm. struggled to get a footprint onto the game. And this has happened quite a lot recently. The midfield. Um, so I put a thread out. Other people have put a thread out on social media. If you look at where the midfield is for the goal, the still of where Rodriguez takes his shot yesterday, no one is near him. He's got a free shot on goal. You noticed, you said to somebody about this earlier. This has happened quite a lot recently. There was the disallowed goal with Locatelli um, against against Juventus. Um, The second Udinese goal. um, The The goal against Atalanta. Yeah, the goal against Atalanta. Aslani's effort last week, which had to be, was just just crept just wide. There was the Ludogorets first goal where Brian Cristante is nowhere to be seen. The ball evades him. He's lost in, in his positional sense. It's completely gone. There is a, there's an error in the tactical setup and it needs to be eradicated. A lot of fans have seen this online. Do you think the coach will be stubborn and keep going and we'll see more and more dysfunctional in the system or this has to be eradicated quickly and 
what is going on? Do you think there'll be something changed about it in the future? Or is it just, we just going to see the same mess over and over again? Because we are clearly lacking a, a defensive midfielder or he's on the bench and he's not getting played at all in Maddy Camera. I know the Gigi Wijnaldum injury was unfortunate and he will probably have been the player to be played in that role alongside Matic, but we can't keep playing like this, can we, James? No, there's a definite lethargy about the midfield and that real lack of dynamism, it seems to me, and, um, and creativity, you know, uh, in terms of being able to, you know, uh, get the ball to the attackers higher up the pitch to to make it easier for them. Um, I mean, Kamara, I've not been, I know it's, we haven't seen much of him, but I've not been particularly impressed from what I have seen. But, you know, what I would question in terms of management here, I mean, what was the decision, why was the decision taken to keep Eduardo Bove in the squad? Because, you know, he's a player who needs to play at his age, you know. He's very promising and, you know, potentially really promising. And uh, he's not barely seen any action at all. So wouldn't it have been better for him to go on loan if he's not going to uh, um, play? So there are options. I mean, the problem isn't necessarily... uh, I mean, even if you might say the options are not necessarily, uh, you know... uh, uh, obvious or, or particularly attractive, you know, you, you have to try something, you know, it's uh, rather than do the same, you know, committing the same uh, error, you know, uh, game after game. So I would expect that things would change, but even if there's no sign of it at the moment, but I would expect things would change. But I mean, we don't see the players in training. So maybe there are aspects to Kamara that, um, Mourinho doesn't like, but he, he you know, he, he, even if that is the case, even with Matic and Cristante, you can, you know, you can work on um, trying to, you know, uh, eliminate the this uh, this real problem because I mean, uh, other teams will watch this. Of course, what happens is they watch it and they know uh, that it's a potential weakness they can exploit. And uh, we've just listed, you know, what, four or five occasions there where it's cost us and nearly cost us. There's probably plenty more as well this season in the other games against uh, Cremonese and San Natana. And I imagine there's probably some scouts from Lecce in the game on yesterday because that's who Roma have got next. Uh, James, you wanted to bring up about salaries. We were talking about this pre-pod. Um, the, the guys, well, Imran, uh, tweeted out something about Roma's wages in Serie A this season, and you wanted to bring that up. Yeah, because we we basically, I think Betis are around about give or take. You know, they're about half our wage mm. bill. So it's you know, I think we have, and with Mourinho being the highest paid coach in Serie A, I think it's right that we expect that he brings added value to our squad, um, not. <laughs> you know, uh, um, not get less out of it than uh, than um, it's capable of, which seems which seems which is I think has been the case this season certainly, and um, I mean we, we our salary budget is probably bigger than all the other squads in the group. You know, Ludogorets, 
HJK Helsinki probably and Real to, Betis probably put together combined. Yeah. yeah, put together. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, and to be to risk n- not only not qualifying for the knockout stage, but not even not qualifying for the Europa Conference League knockout stage is, um, I think it's a terrible, terrible indictment, really. And um, it suggests like maybe mismanagement because also we have this agreement with UEFA where, um, you know, we're in a very uh, delicate position where, you know, if we weren't to secure Champions League football at the end of the season for next season, then... Does the squad get, you know, you probably have to sell yeah. at least one There'll player. Be some asset stripping. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, actually, you know, one of the players who might be uh, um, sold is, uh, which you can expect offers for is possibly Roger Ibanez, yes, yes, who's definitely. been, who's really blossomed this season. I mean, I think that's worth uh, bringing up, you know, really blossomed and turned into a, a real, a really uh, complete defender, you know, who can, uh, who can do so offer so much going forward as well as defensively, you know, rarely makes a mistake and uh, um, very active. And, uh, you know, we need more performances like that. So, so yeah, so it's a really um, delicate time, I would say for the club. And, uh, and I think, you know, obviously as the season progresses, we'll get certainly by the time the world cup halts the season in mid November, we'll, have a much better idea where we stand. But, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if we're virtually eliminated from the top four race by that mm. point, if this if these, this kind of uh, inconsistency, really, uh, in results and performances continue. You know? So it's I'm on the website now, on my phone. Uh, Roma have the third highest, I think it's the third highest wage bill in Serie A. So it's Juventus, Inter, Roma, and AC Milan. So I've just looked at it myself. Uh, bear with me, this is great radio. Great radio, great podcasting. An annual payroll of uh, 91 million euros and a weekly payroll of 1.75 million euros a week. And the average player earns 62,500 a week. The top. Yeah, and to put that in context, that would put us seventh, yeah. about seventh in the Premier League, just below Arsenal. Yeah. So, um, just shows you how much is in, you know has been invested in the squad, and clearly what what's what we've seen, you know, for a large part, often certainly for large swathes of last season and this season, is not we're not getting anywhere near value for money. So, um, I think um, and. I can't really see much of a change, you know. I don't see how that situation is going to uh, change. And it needs to change significantly because, like I say, next season, you know, or next summer when the transfer market rolls around, if you don't get Champions League football, then, you know, you risk losing one or two of your prize assets, you know. And uh, and that would make it very difficult then to replace those players, you know. so, yeah. So, uh, I think uh, mm. it's a wise it's a wise thought as well. Uh, thank you to both Danny, who's also comes on the pod in Imran, for bringing that up. It's an eye opener that you spend a lot of money on wages on a club, and I think Roma and most clubs in Serie A have been like this for quite a while. 
and have struggled as well. But uh, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, that's why they have fallen foul of the UEFA financial fair play and have to do these agreements because they haven't tended to be... I think I'm right in saying Serie A's combined wage bill is higher than the the Bundesliga, um, despite lower revenue. So obviously that's created significant debt and has caused this problem of um, having to you know, uh, reach agreements with UEFA about and make commitments to, you know, uh, uh, getting, you know, a better balance between costs and revenues going forward. So, uh, and also, I mean, like, if you think about it, I mean, one of the themes at the moment after the international break is that, you know, uh, Italy won't be going to the Mm -hmm. World Cup. And I think, and I've said this repeatedly, it's not a talent production problem because, um, and this is relevant to Roma because um, in the youth international youth competitions, Italy still performs very well. This year, for example, uh, semi-finalists and quarter-finalists in the un- European under-19s and under-17s. The problem is the transition into you know these players getting enough minutes in Serie A. I mean, ideally, they're playing the UEFA club competitions as well, you know, Champions League, Europa League, Conference League. But even Serie A would be great. I mean, you think of Bove, you know, I've mentioned before. I'm very frustrated that he's not had an opportunity to, you know, um, show what he can do. And maybe, you know, I don't think he's played or if he has played, it's certainly very limited. It has been limited. I think he has had minutes this season, but it's been very limited. It's the same with Valparto as well this season. He's, yeah, and I think they've been substitute appearances. Yes, they, I they? think they've both had substitute appearances. I thought I thought Bove or maybe Valparto would have got minutes in the Europa League, maybe against Helsinki when we like, start from the beginning. But... Jose yeah. has been. I forgot to bring this up earlier. Like when we were talking about the setup and everything, do you think Jose is very over reliant on players this season and won't? But it'd be very sorry. He's very stubborn on what he thinks. So to cut it short, do you think he's like very over reliant on players this season? Where another manager would just like to blood in a couple of players where some players didn't need to play and didn't need those minutes. Yeah, I think so because I don't think you can blame the transfer. If you have options and you don't use them, you can't really put the problems mm. in the transfer market. I mean, if, if, if you use those options and things deteriorated, you could say, okay, well, you know, tried something different and it didn't work, but you, you'll never know if you don't try. So um, I think um, I don't really understand why, there is this over-reliance on certain players, you know, particularly Matic and Cristante in midfield, and, and an alternative, because they, they, I mean, I've read some quite good comments, observations about they're just not necessarily the most compatible midfielders to play together, you mm. know, and um, uh, maybe, it, you know, it would, uh, we'd really benefit from having someone whose um, passing was more, penetrative. I mean, Cristante can make good passes, as we know, but it, it tends to be quite erratic. I agree. And, and and I think we need more reliability there to, and because I, I, I do, I'm convinced that our attack, you know, if they're better supported from midfield, they'd, they'd, um, you know, and they, 
got possession, took possession higher up the pit, you know, they cause more problems and um, find it a bit easier, notwithstanding the apparent absence, what I think, of a a sort of coherent attacking tactic. I agree. I think if there is a... Well, there is an underlying problem that we have talked about. A defensive midfielder is needed. I think you can't play both Matic and Cristante together. I think it's quite evident this season in some games you cannot play them together. The midfield does get overrun and they are quite slow. Um, but you can play one and not play the other. I think if you want to play someone who's a little bit more passing uh you probably play Matic but you cannot play both Matic and Cristante together knowing knowing for Sunday both both will be starting and then knowing for next Thursday in a massive massive game in the Europa League uh, the return leg in Seville both will be playing and yeah there will be we'll be talking about this next week the week after the week after that and probably up until the World Cup we'll both probably be blue in the face James would you agree uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. But I mean, uh, and and of course, you know, it'd be inter- it will one thing will be interesting to see the consequences of it. You know, mm. um, but um, and I'm starting to wonder what Pinto is thinking now because, uh, you know, it was a big investment to bring Mourinho, and he's got to be seen to be. I mean, one of the comments I noticed pre-game yesterday by when he was interviewed, uh, Pinto said that the the squad's in growth. And uh, growing, and um, he didn't elaborate on that, but I'd like to. I'd like him to justify that because I don't really see much in the way of growth and uh, in, and like improvement and consistency this season, anyway. But um, I mean, hopefully, you know, it transpires that he's right. Mm. But I don't think at the moment that comment's justified. No. Uh, my final question for yourself, James, do you think there is some big players in that team that are underperforming and need some time out of the team? Yeah, well, you can say that, but to be honest, I think it would be very difficult. Like Tammy Abraham, yeah. I just think it's going to be really difficult for anyone coming in, you know, uh, uh, in, um, I mean, defensively, I don't think we've done too, but looks you know, I don't think the defensively looks solid. Fairly, yeah, fairly fairly secure um not as much towards 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 the end of last season but fairly secure i don't think it's a problem but certainly in midfield and attack, attack i mean yeah but the, the, i i would question in the sort of team they're coming into whether anyone would make a significant uh difference I, i'm not so convinced it would be it might be a bit of an improvement but it, it needs we need quite you know quite an improve, quite a big improvement no, yeah. to be honest it's, we need to up our game quite a bit and i'm not sure in the like tactic they'll find themselves in um whether any player can that we've got is going to make a significant difference but um that that's a story to be written yeah and probably a story to be told in the next couple of weeks up until, exactly, up until yeah. the world cup uh, james yeah. do you have anything else to add uh, no, I think we've... Uh, we've ranted. <laughs> uh, well, I think we've brought things to, you know, up to where we are now. Mm. And uh, obviously we are going into a real crucial month, aren't we? We've got about a month yeah, or so is it before the weeks? season halts. Is it just yeah. over five weeks? A Roma have got... Yeah. So the next, I think the next slate of games is it. Lecce Sunday, 
uh, Real Betis in the early kickoff on next Thursday. Sampdoria, if my that a new yeah a new man man at the helm in Dejan Stankovic. Uh, yeah, I think that will go well. Actually, so do I because he's done really well yeah. at Red Star. He has. Um, yeah. Because I watched Sampdoria last week and they were atrocious, and I'm not surprised that um, Marco Giampaolo got the sack. And then it's the is it the HJK Helsinki game, and is it Hellas Verona or is it someone else before that? It is um, no Napoli, then Hellas Verona. Oh yeah, yeah, Napoli. That that game on the twenty third um, or twenty fourth of October. That game is on the twenty. Uh, 20- Fourth, the twenty third of October, Sunday, the twenty third of October, yeah. and then the fight, then the Helsinki game on the twenty seventh, and then Verona on the Monday the, on Halloween, Ludogorets. Uh, and then Ludogorets that we hope isn't a dead no. rubber as far as qualification for yeah. the Europa League knockout stage is concerned, and then the derby, derby. and then it's is it Sassuolo or Bologna? Sassuolo midweek on the 9th of November, and then the last game before the World Cup, Sunday the thirteenth of November. Is against Serena. Serena. Yeah, so it's a lot of games in a short span. Of time. It is, yeah, five weeks. Five weeks, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so what was that? Eight? Maybe was it ten? Ten games? I think it was. Yeah, something. I think something like that. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's going to be a long couple yeah. of weeks before the World Cup. But James, yeah. thank you very much on this Friday evening for joining me. We've 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 thank we've, you. Uh, we've probably ranted a bit about yesterday's performance and stuff like that. Um, guys, you can follow us at themagicast.com and find all our previous episodes on the website. You can find all the podcast episodes on your podcast platform. So your Apple, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., etc. James, once again, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a while. You had your holiday last week and, uh, it was really glad to, to have you back on. Thank you. Uh, we'll probably have a review. Probably. We'll more than likely have a review episode on Monday after the Lecce game and an episode next Friday for the Real Betis game. I have someone lined up. Uh, I will just probably confirm during the middle of the week. He's a Spanish football podcast expert. And he's been on the podcast before in the summer. But thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the football you're going to. And ciao.